Chapters nine and ten of Sevastopol by Leo Tolstoy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapters nine and ten of Part two Sevastopol in May eighteen fifty five. On his way to the bastion, Kalugin met numerous wounded men, but knowing from experience that such a spectacle has a bad effect on the spirits of a man on the verge of an action he not only did not pause to interrogate them but on the contrary he tried not to pay any heed to them at the foot of the hill he encountered an orderly who was galloping from the bastion at full speed zobkin zobkin stop a minute well what is it where are you from from the lodgements well how are things there hot oh frightfully and the orderly galloped on in fact although there was not much firing from the rifles the cannonade had begun with fresh vigour and greater heat than ever ah that's bad thought kalugin experiencing a rather unpleasant sensation and there came to him also a presentiment that is to say a very usual thought the thought of death but kalugin was an egotist and gifted with nerves of steel in a word he was what is called brave he did not yield to his first sensation and began to arouse his courage he recalled to mind a certain adjutant of napoleon who after having given the command to advance galloped up to napoleon his head all covered with blood you are wounded said napoleon to him i beg your pardon sire i am dead and the adjutant fell from his horse and died on the spot this seemed very fine to him and he fancied that he somewhat resembled this adjutant then he gave his horse a blow with the whip and assumed still more of that knowing cossack bearing glanced at his orderly who was galloping behind him standing upright in his stirrups and thus in dashing style he reached the place where it was necessary to dismount here he found four soldiers who were smoking their pipes as they sat on the stones what are you doing here he shouted at them we have been carrying a wounded man from the field your honour and have sat down to rest one of them replied concealing his pipe behind his back and pulling off his cap resting indeed march off to your posts and in company with them he walked up the hill through the trenches encountering wounded men at every step on attaining the crest of the hill he turned to the left and after taking a few steps found himself quite alone splinters whizzed near him and struck in the trenches another bomb rose in front of him and seemed to be flying straight at him all of a sudden he felt terrified he ran off five paces at full speed and lay down on the ground but when the bomb burst and at a distance from him he grew dreadfully vexed at himself and glanced about as he rose to see whether any one had perceived him fall but there was no one about when fear has once made its way into the mind it does not speedily give way to another feeling he who had boasted that he would never bend hastened along the trench with accelerated speed and almost on his hands and knees ah this is very bad he thought as he stumbled i shall certainly be killed and conscious of how difficult it was for him to breathe and that the perspiration was breaking out all over his body he was amazed at himself but he no longer strove to conquer his feelings all at once steps became audible in advance of him 
he quickly straightened himself up raised his head and boldly clanking his sword began to proceed at a slower pace than before he did not know himself when he joined the officer of the sappers and the sailor who were coming to meet him and the former called to him lie down pointing to the bright speck of a bomb which growing ever brighter and brighter swifter and swifter as it approached crashed down in the vicinity of the trench he only bent his head a very little involuntarily under the influence of the terrified shout and went his way Whew, what a brave man ejaculated the sailor who had calmly watched the exploding bomb and with practised glance at once calculated that its splinters could not strike inside the trench he did not even wish to lie down only a few steps remained to be taken across an open space before kalugin would reach the casement of the commander of the bastion when he was again attacked by dimness of vision and that stupid sensation of fear his heart began to beat more violently the blood rushed to his head and he was obliged to exert an effort over himself in order to reach the casement why are you so out of breath inquired the general when kalugin had communicated to him his orders i've been walking very fast your excellency will you not take a glass of wine kalugin drank the wine and lighted a cigarette the engagement had already come to an end only the heavy cannonade continued going on from both sides in the casement sat general n the commander of the bastion and six other officers among whom was prashkukin discussing various details of the conflict seated in this comfortable apartment with blue hangings with a sofa a bed a table covered with papers a wall clock and the holy pictures before which burned a lamp and gazing upon these signs of habitation and at the arshintek twenty-eight inches beams which formed the ceiling and listening to the shots which were deadened by the casement kalugin positively could not understand how he had twice permitted himself to be overcome with such unpardonable weakness he was angry with himself and he longed for danger in order that he might subject himself to another trial i am glad that you are here captain he said to a naval officer in the cloak of staff officer with a large moustache and the cross of st george who entered the casement at that moment and asked the general to give him some men that he might repair the two embrasures on his battery which had been demolished the general ordered me to inquire continued kalugin when the commander of the battery ceased to address the general whether your guns can fire grape-shot into the trenches only one of my guns will do that replied the captain gruffly let us go and see all the same the captain frowned and grunted angrily i have already passed the whole night there and i came here to try and get a little rest said he cannot you go alone my assistant lieutenant Kartz, is there and he will show you everything the captain had now been for six months in command of this one of the most dangerous of the batteries and even when there were no casements he had lived without relief in the bastion and among the sailors from the beginning of the siege and he bore a reputation among them for bravery therefore his refusal particularly struck and amazed kalugin that's what reputation is worth he thought 
well then i will go alone if you will permit it he said in a somewhat bantering tone to the captain who however paid not the slightest heed to his words but kalugin did not reflect that he had passed in all at different times perhaps fifty hours on the bastion while the captain had lived there for six months kalugin was actuated moreover by vanity by a desire to shine by the hope of reward of reputation and by the charm of risk but the captain had already gone through all that he had been vain at first he had displayed valour he had risked his life he had hoped for fame and guerdon and had even obtained them but these actuating motives had already lost their power over him and he regarded the matter in another light he fulfilled his duty with punctuality but understanding quite well how small were the chances for his life which were left him after a six months residence in the bastion he no longer risked these casualties except in case of stern necessity so that the young lieutenant who had entered the battery only a week previous and who was now showing it to kalugin in company with whom he took turns in leaning out of the embrasure or climbing out on the ramparts seemed ten times as brave as the captain after inspecting the battery kalugin returned to the casement and ran against the general in the dark as the latter was ascending to the watch-tower with his staff officers captain prashkukin said the general please to go to the first lodgment and say to the second battery of the m regiment which is at work there that they are to abandon their work to evacuate the place without making any noise and to join their regiment which is standing at the foot of the hill in reserve do you understand lead them to their regiment yourself oh yes sir and prashkushkin set out for the lodgment on a run the firing was growing more infrequent chapter ten is this the second battalion of the m regiment asked prashkushkin hastening up to the spot and running against the soldiers who were carrying earth in sacks exactly so where is the commander mikhailov supposing that the inquiry was for the commander of the corps crawled out of his pit and taking prashkushkin for the colonel he stepped up to him with his hand at his visor the general has given orders uh, that you are to be so good as to go as quickly as possible and in particular as quietly as possible to the rear to the not to the rear exactly but to the reserve said prashkushkin glancing askance at the enemy's fires on recognizing prashkushkin and discovering the state of things mikhailov dropped his hands gave his orders and the battalion started into motion gathered up their guns put on their cloaks and set out no one who has not experienced it can imagine the delight which a man feels when he takes his departure after a three hours bombardment from such a dangerous post as the lodgements several times in the course of those three hours mikhailov had not without reason considered his end as inevitable and had grown accustomed to the conviction that he should infallibly be killed and that he no longer belonged to this world in spite of this however he had great difficulty in keeping his feet from running away with him when he issued from the lodgements at the head of his corps in company with prashkukin au revoir 
said the major the commander of another battalion who was to remain in the lodgements and with whom he had shared his cheese as they sat in the pit behind the breastworks a pleasant journey to you thanks i hope you will have good luck after we have gone the firing seems to be holding up but no sooner had he said this than the enemy who must have observed the movement in the lodgements began to fire faster and faster our guns began to reply to him and again a heavy cannonade began the stars were gleaming high but not brilliantly in the sky the night was dark you could hardly see your hand before you only the flashes of the discharges and the explosions of the bombs illuminated objects for a moment the soldiers marched on rapidly in silence involuntarily treading close on each other's heels all that was audible through the incessant firing was the measured sound of their footsteps on the dry road the noise of their bayonets as they came in contact or the sigh and prayer of some young soldier lord lord what is this now and then the groan of a wounded man arose and the shout stretcher in the company commanded by mikhailoff twenty-six men were killed in one night by the fire of the artillery alone the lightning flashed against the distant horizon the sentry in the bastion shouted cannon and the ball shrieking over the heads of the corps tore up the earth and sent the stones flying deuce take it how slowly they march thought Prashkutkin, glancing back continually as he walked beside mikhailoff really it will be better for me to run on in front i have already given the order uh, but no it might be said later on that i was a coward what will be will be i will march with them now why is he walking behind me thought mikhailoff on his side so far as i have observed he always brings ill luck there it comes flying straight for us apparently after traversing several hundred paces they encountered kalugin who was going to the casemates clanking his sword boldly as he walked in order to learn by the general's command how the work was progressing there but on meeting mikhailoff it occurred to him that instead of going thither under that terrible fire which he was not ordered to do he could make minute inquiries of the officer who had been there and in fact mikhailoff furnished him with a detailed account of the work after walking a short distance with them kalugin turned into the trench which led to the casemate well what news is there inquired the officer who was seated alone at the table and eating his supper well nothing apparently except that there will not be any further conflict how so on the contrary the general has but just gone up to the top of the works a regiment has already arrived yes there it is do you hear the firing has begun again don't go why should you added the officer perceiving the movement made by kalugin but i must be there without fail in the present instance thought kalugin but i have already subjected myself to a great deal of danger to-day the firing is terrible well after all i had better wait for him here he said in fact the general returned twenty minutes later accompanied by the officers who had been with him among their number was the yunker baron pesh but praskushkin was not with them the lodgements had been captured and occupied by our forces after receiving a full account of the engagement kalugin and pesh went out of the casemates End of 
chapters nine and ten